Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing. Join me on a visit to Field to Heart, a Washington flower farm owned by Dee Swan and Valiant Pool. So the big thing for us is there is a need for off-season income because it's it's basically like the sun hides behind the clouds, the tide goes out, the boat is on the sandbar. <laughs> and you're waiting for water to come back in until spring. It's basically there's seasonality and when crops stop, it's not like the investment ha- stops. You know, there's this is the time of year when we would build a tunnel. That is also why we have Val now working another job so that we can invest back in the farm. So it's helping. Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers podcast with Deborah Prinzing. This is episode 638. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice. And I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 750 florist shops and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. And thank you to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. It's entirely fitting that I just thanked the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market for its longtime support because from the beginning, when a group of local flower farmers hatched up the idea of starting a wholesale hub for local flowers here in Seattle, my storytelling has been intertwined with their stories. And today's guests are part of that narrative. Please join me on a visit to Field to Heart, owned by Danielle or D. Swan and Val or Valiant Pool. They are members of the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, and I love sourcing their unique, quirky flowers all season long. When I first met this couple, they were based in Snohomish, an agricultural county located about 30 miles north of Seattle. Both Dee and Val have an extensive background in the arts, horticulture, fine gardening, and organic landscaping. They apply this experience and passion to providing sustainably grown, chemical-free, high-quality flowers to florists in the Pacific Northwest, and we are so fortunate. In 2018, Dee and Valiant relocated the entire farm, Field to Heart, to Curtis, Washington, to a new home and acreage located west of Centralia. The area is known as the center point, about 90 miles in either direction between Seattle and Portland, 
which has allowed Field to Heart to also supply Portland area florists who shop at the Oregon Flower Growers Association, also a Slow Flowers member, located at the Portland Flower Market. Earlier this month, I had a trip to the Washington coast planned with a friend, and in looking at the map for my return to Seattle, I realized that we were due west of Field to Heart. I've always loved the botanicals that Dee and Valiant grow, and I basically invited myself to visit them on my drive home. When she emailed me back, Dee wrote, We'd love to show you around Field to Heart. We should be here all day on Saturday making wreaths. Being farmers, it's hard to get away, even in the off-season. So I brought my camera and I started filming the minute I arrived. I encourage you to click on over to slowflowerspodcast.com for episode 638 to watch the video interview. You'll see that inside the high tunnels, under the low tunnels, and spend time with me as I chat with Dee and Valiant on their porch. In preparation for their winter wreath and garland production, the porch of their home is converted into an outside studio filled with greenery and other design elements. It's also the location of the wreathing workshops that they host during December. Let's jump right in and welcome Dee and Valiant to the Slow Flowers podcast. You'll hear us get started on the farm tour as we visit the high tunnels and discuss what's growing in each field. Why is that just to um, um, get some circulation in here? Yeah, if they get really hot. We're gonna try out our clary sage this year. I put our olives in there. I've had them for years. I was like, wouldn't that be cool to have some foliage? And then we grow our white sage in here. Oh, you've got little pansies in here going. Yeah, this was always the edible tunnel too. But then it was like, we always had little bites on them and they have to be so for edible flowers. So, yeah. we were like, so you have another home for them now? Yeah, which is up on our balcony. We have oh. those big, huge, uh, there's like big plant. What are those called? The, like, the planters. Yeah, they're planters. Yeah. Oh, on the balcony? I can't yeah. see them from here. Yeah. Yeah. On each side. Just to keep the insects. Uh, yeah, just something's nibbling on them and- Keep them from munching. Yeah. So yes. this is field two, field three. Um, we're working out, basically getting more and more, um, shrubs and more woody ornamentals. Yeah. What are, are the apricots that are getting eaten by deer? You can see that they're bare from yeah. the bottom down. Yeah. That and, happens every year. And having fungal issues. They're having fungal yeah. issues. Uh, we have a couple we need to take out. And they haven't been great cuts, um, but I like the shade. So yeah. we're going to keep them for the shade until they, if they all eventually die out, maybe someday they'll be decent cuts. Well, if they I've, get taller and bigger than the deer can't nibble on them, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. I think the thing is, though, with especially with the flower farming, is you find out as you go, like, oh, I can't grow that here. Or like my soil composition is just not, yeah. never going to be right for that. So. But it took three years to make that that realization kind of. Yeah, thing. like they well they ended up growing fairly big and getting good, and then like slowly but surely they just can't take the wet portion of the year. Yeah, I mean it's basically the water table is just below, and a lot of people have said that if you dig too deep out in this area, this is the Wallapa Hills, 
or Willapa. We're still not really sure. I mispronounce it all the time. I don't yeah. know. Just trying to figure it out. Uh, but I guess if you go deep enough, you'll get salt water. You're so, that coastal. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's and we're basically just a clay slab on like a basalt. So Val, you guys built these uh, high tunnels when you established the farm here? Yeah, we moved in, that was 2018 summer, right? Um, we basically, we were farming in Snohomish and transferring to here. So as we were finishing the season in Snohomish, we were creating field one and we built our greenhouse and started that winter. We built a walk-in cooler. And I think it was the same winter this tunnel went up. Yeah, this went up in the spring. So kind yeah. of, you just had to do it in phases and probably had, when you had the time and the resources. Yeah. Right, yes. yeah. Uh, Aaron from Raindrop was talking about game changers and, and it was basically like, you have to have the cooler if you wanna preserve your, your product. You have to have the greenhouse if you want to get stuff started. Going, You're yeah. gonna need a tractor, so it's like, so there's got to be five game changers at once. You know, like, <laughs> is there really? Is that it? Yeah. Can you can you buy a lotto ticket and take care of them all in one time? Right. right. I wish. Oh, so these are your renunks. Those are renunculus. Can I go take little pictures of them? Yeah, and then on the edge, on the other side, is a uh, rose geranium. Yeah. This this. Uh, Oh, on Cut the down row is the rose geranium, the scented rose geranium. Wow. And you just, is it just because you harvested it? Um, so we we grow it as a perennial here. Okay. And usually 95% of them will come back. Yes. So we have some other plants that we'll do starts off of and just replenish as we like, need. Yeah, you'll take cuttings then. But yep. And then the... Uh, these are these these look really healthy. Yeah, they they are very happy. When did you plant the ranunculus? So she put them in, you soak them, then you lay them out in the flats with some soil, and then they'll start to pre-sprout. And then we planted them um, with our employee, like, like on the last, no, two. it was like three weeks ago, yeah. Wow, yeah. they look great. Yeah, they're doing. And then they bloom, what, March, April? Yes, as soon as we can get them. Do you, uh, do you prefer Danielle or D? Uh, <laughs> she goes by D. I go by D. Okay, yeah. D. Um, this little cloche kind of um, netting or reme is just additional protection when it mm. yeah, the temperatures we, drop. Yeah, we had some frosty nights, so yeah, we come out, put yeah. this on Over. easy. We left it off last night because it was only going to be thirty eight. Yeah, so but, it's if we don't have to do the extra effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. But this is definitely your chore. The temperature in here, the second the sun comes out, can jump up like 20 degrees, 25 degrees. So if you wait till too long to come out and open it, then it's up into like 80 degrees. Which is time. why you're trying to get ahead of it. Because it might... Yeah. Yeah. The sun might break through today. Yeah, and, and really, these are a cool crop. They don't want... You'll start to have more pest issues if, if it's always stressful conditions. Wonderful. This is why you can't leave the farm. Yeah. Basically, yeah. That's... You have to basically uh, baby everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's a lot of nurturing. Love your, your uh, oak leaf hydrangea, too. Yeah, those have just been kind of sitting, and deer have eaten them at the end of the season, but... 
I, I'm hoping eventually we'll get to. At one point, we did have some crazy half concocted booby traps, fishing line, cattle panel pieces. Right. <laughs> Coyote just, urine. Yeah, all of it. All of it. We're <laughs> trying, just trying to control the deer. We're not hunters. Yeah. So it's that's you don't not, have access to that skill set of how to outsmart no. them. Yeah, well, and we're just not one to shoot it and skin it and yeah. and eat it. No. I know other people would. Not, but, that wouldn't be my jam. Either. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're just annoying, is what we are basically. <laughs> you try to annoy them. Oh, yeah. look at your GM, you guys. Those are massive. Yeah. So these Jeez. we put in last year as just like a, as a experiment to get blooms earlier. Okay, in the in the high tunnel. In the mm -hmm. high tunnel. Yeah, because you can you can probably sell most every stem. Yep, yes. and the foliage yes. is really cool too. We were doing mass merch, you know. We were um, Seattle wholesale growers market, and were they going into mixed bunches or or in um, straight bunches? Mainly straight. Straight yeah. bunches. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But there's a lot. We've got two rows in field one as well. Yeah, we that was one we of our. We just basically divided the ones in field one and put them out here last spring. So we got more plants. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and the foliage looks nice. It's and a little bit more protection from deer because deers. I figured out that they're eating the buds in the spring. They're like eating the flower buds on everything. So. Mm -hmm. They they knew you grew edible flowers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, the tunnels help to protect against that. The ones that surprise me are the delphiniums because those are supposed to be poisonous. Like every part of that plant is supposed to be poisonous from seed to bloom and they're eating them. So mm. it must not affect deer. Mm. That's a shame. Yeah, either that or they're not putting it together. That that's what they ate. They gave them, <laughs> gave them, gave them the stomach I mean, you, 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 I asked you about when you built these because you had to probably get these these high tunnels up early, right when you first established the farm. Yeah, it was in the spring of the first year. We moved here in August and finished up the season as we were moving. Um, and then had these going and we had the low tunnels too yeah. so those oh, yeah. were like first and then we went to the in a way it kind of feels like monopoly like once you get four of those you can get a hotel <laughs> where you have to like build up and, and love that analogy <laughs> well everything you're self-funded so like you're buying the materials and mm -hmm. you're, it's all your labor yeah yes. and that's the biggest thing i think ultimately when it comes down to it you could you can afford a truckload of lumber and have it here, and then it's like, all right, who's going to hold the other end of that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we that was you, right? Yeah. yeah. Did you have friends come the plastic help? Over there? We didn't. Yeah. Nope. Wow. We've had like three years now. We've had employees, uh, which has been great, but it it's been hard to find. Mm. Um, and you have to for us just like getting started have a lot of courage to like go in and hire the, the funding of yeah, it. yeah hire the employee and know that it's going to be oh you're going to make it up during the season right so. like is that going to become allow you to do what you're like the most value-added use of your time mm -hmm. so the employee can do the stuff that yeah maybe yeah. is not so precise or ex experienced exactly right? yeah for Skill us, sets. too, it's a lot about maintenance, like having an unmaintained farm coming from a 
landscaping yeah, and maintenance field. Yeah, we're both field, like two decades it hurts. deep. Like it hurts your whole. I don't know. It's hard no, to like. I totally understand that. Like get around that. It sort of seeps into your spirit if there's weeds everywhere or if things yeah. are mm -hmm. not pruned properly. Right, well, and, right. And, you have an aesthetic. Yeah, and, and it's like, it just is depressing and you feel like, that's not me, but you don't have time to do it. So the last couple of years we've been able and really focused on getting things weeded and in order and looking and feeling good. Yeah. Um, Lovely. I feel that. I, and when I pulled up the driveway, I was like, this is gorgeous. Well, and, and look we, at your setting. We, we, yeah, we really setting. want it to be, event. We, we want to work towards having more engagement with people and on farm. farm yeah, on farm experience and agritourism. So we're intentionally having Dee do a design for the landscape and trying to have a, a broader vision. Yeah, yeah. Of like, yeah. What we're going to have. It's your lifetime project. Yes, yeah. it is. But we're trying to condense it into a shorter period. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> we have other other lifetime aspirations too. So. Well, I'll follow you and show me what's in these little, what do they, you call them? Little low tunnels. Low, low tunnels. tunnels. The, okay. the caterpillars. These are all Crispedia. I wanted to put a high tunnel here and one at the beginning of field two. Unfortunately, the, it's not happening this year, so. Um, but these do the trick for for. These are doing the job. Yeah, these are a these are a tender perennial, so they may or may not make it through the season. I um, just um, bought some of your crispedia, and I just thought it was so healthy and yeah, long these, stems. majority of these were started this year because last year they didn't make it through the season. Okay. So, so you, you're like, okay, what do we have to do to get them through the season? Uh-huh. Because they are perennials. They're perennials. They don't like wet feet. This helps with all of that. Because the Maybe rain doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and it keeps them from this uber cold. Yeah, Having that. a small farm, you, I feel like you really have to pick your crops like carefully because if you we have, say they have to pay their rent have too space. much of something it's gonna be like the okay. the surplus it's like where do you, where does it go right um and then if everybody else has that as well again it's gonna be but, it's hard to get it sold but it there's a catch-22 to it so it's like you can say okay i want to grow this crop and we the the joke is 25 feet like no because if you if you only plant twenty five feet of it, you don't have You bring it. Everyone gets excited, and we call that flower foreplay, where everyone is like, "Oh my god!" The florists, the are orders, out. yeah, come in, and it's like, "We don't have it. Yeah, we don't. Have, that was it." So twenty five feet is too small. Too it's just not enough. Small to, a commitment yeah. for yeah. you. So we've basically a lot of time. We're like, okay, well, we got to start with a whole row. We've learned that a hundred feet. And then it can turn into something where it's like, whoo, this one's aggressive. We only needed like one third of a row. But you, you don't know until the second season. Yeah, yeah. And then until you see like what the demand for it is. And so it helps D calls crops like this one bilingual because we can try it. <laughs> and so like it, Wait, what do you mean by that? The well, so it's bilingual because it can come fresh or we can dry hang it, it and dry it. Got it. Yeah. And then, dual purpose. So yep. yeah, there's it. It's not as stressful if it doesn't get cut. 
Like also the Nigella, just like we can sell the pods and. <laughs> yeah, we can so dry smart. the flowers. We can uh, multiple purposes and uses for it. Wow. So. I yeah. love it. What, um, when people ask what you're known for, what do you say? Perennials and woodies with a few, few annuals or. Um, I say GM. Yes. <laughs> because that's what, like that was our signature crop. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one that we went, we really went for. Um, what else? I don't know. It's kind of changed. At one point, sage was really big for us. Yep. Edible flowers. Edible flowers. That's what I remember you early on. Yeah, edible plants in general. We still bring them. It's just um, like this year at the market, we probably, if we don't have pre-orders, we'll bring some in. But then like looking at the sales, they were the the shrink was equal to the sale. So I'm mm-hmm. like, and is there, it worth it? It's, it's a very yeah. particular harvest process. It's a very like, everything's very specific. Yeah. It has to have a, a high quality to it. COVID so. kind of also like. Changed the, yeah. the restaurant scene. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. a little bit. It, yeah. yeah, it's different. Cool. Well, let's go back and let you make some wreaths. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and then, and do you start to say this is going to be your display garden in here? So this is, yeah, we're creating a landscape here. A lot of grasses. Um, it's kind of like a piecemeal landscape, but we've got a design uh, that is inspired by um, a picture from Garden Design Magazine that we saw in Australia. But the top of this will basically be a big gravel patio. Um, and then all of this around kind it. Kind of a ring of, of texture around mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Yeah. And the plants can kind of like grow into the patio, but it'll be less maintenance, um, a nice landscape. atmosphere, more landscape. And then, of course, everything that we're putting into the landscape is always cuttable. Right. So right, it can yeah. be beautiful for your guests or visitors or customers. Yes. But it's in your, it's going into your bunches yeah and so smart uh, and also wanting to create division and kind of like a separate room for this space yeah ideally what we want is things to grow up and to be able to be inside and not look at the farm yes not look at the work yeah because otherwise <laughs> yes. you open the the blinds and you're you wake like up in the morning and you're like oh uh, it's out there well it's higher too i mean it's kind of like you know it won't flood up here yeah exactly one hopes. yeah yep. And what an outlook to see Bafa. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous. We, we like to, to say that we have the best view in the valley. Yeah, I keep saying that. It's like, this is the best view. I haven't seen one like it. It gets snow on the top of it, too. Yeah, um, once the snow level So starts. we're looking kind of southwest? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Wow. Here we are at Field to Heart on the production deck. We'll come back to you in a second, Valiant. <laughs> Show me what you've got. Okay. This is oh. kind of what we're looking oh. at creating up in here. Um, just oh my with a goodness. lot of grasses and some agapanthus, just things that will, will give us a little buffer from the farm and also create a beautiful space. And all those Mediterranean plants are going to do just fine here, right? Yes. I oh, think so. Yeah, I love it. It's very dry and hot in the summer. Yeah. And you can this have a little a... seating area. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can totally see it here. Yeah. So we keep this open. I've been keeping this open on our 
counter out in your um, inspo. Yeah, just to continue looking at and you know for design purposes. So, um, D, how how much like you've done tons of garden design? That's your background, right? Uh, mainly garden maintenance, uh -huh. but um, but in garden working in gardens. Yes, working in gardens. I've done garden design. This is the driveway. Coming in, these are the purple prince, um, purple prince crab apples. We've got Nephophia in the greenhouse, and then these are Spirea arguda, which we're going to be having out here, but also coming in, which will just, which is bridal wreath Spirea. Okay. So as which you come in, everybody wants, right? Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. So this is a, your house a, as we approach. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. This is the fairy gate at the end of the driveway. Oh my gosh. So let's talk about how you found this property and what prompted it all. When you were in Snohomish, were you um, on leased land or? We had sold our house living in town in Snohomish and we had, we were doing a rent to own deal on um, River Road in Snohomish, okay. right across from the river. It was really beautiful. I think it might've been 30 or 40 acres, something like that. It, but we were just doing a small portion. So... And it's it was right in the vicinity of where our original cutting garden was, where we yes, first started Yes, growing. where we started it all. Um, so that didn't work out, and we had to move. So I wanted to find a place that we didn't have to log or, you know, that had land right away. Um, that had a house that was livable that we didn't have to like work on um, because so much goes into the farm. So that's, so we found this had never been here before. This is like, let's just say for people who don't know the area, it's a good 90 minutes south of where you were previously. It's not, it's a completely different part of the state yeah yeah it's yes. it's what 97 miles to the market in Seattle yeah. okay so we were looking we had thoughts like the great farmland is up north but we were thinking we can expand our market by being halfway between Portland and Seattle which the Portland market is north of the city the Seattle market is south of the city. They are literally one mile apart from, in terms of distance. You are like perfectly. One is 94, one is 95. So it's. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Centralia originally was trying to go for the name Centerville. Yeah. Yes. But it's, it is, the, it's, it's the halfway point. Yep. It's the halfway point. So that's kind of like it had a house that was affordable. It had land that we could immediately start to work because we had. We were moving shrubs and perennials and stuff that we just wanted yeah. to get in the ground. So that's kind of how we landed here. Oh, my goodness. It's, we, it's beautiful. We call it the, the cosmic shove because uh, at the time we had just joined as, as mem we were becoming members instead of just like a provisional at the at, market. Uh-huh. And... Um, so somewhat all, of a risk, is that what you mean? Like you Well, it was basically all at the same time we had, my position was deemed no longer necessary at the company where I was the horticultural specialist and like a higher overhead position. Yeah. And the arrangement that we had for the living situation with the people that own the land was, was not going well. Was oh, not going up well. Up 
Up in Snohomish, you mean? Yeah. And so it all coincided at the same time. Oh, geez. And cosmic so, shove meaning cosmic the shove. universe said this is going to happen whether you want to or yeah, not. Yeah, all these things are happening right now. Um, and it was uh, when we... I love that you guys la survived that. I mean, that's hard yeah, on a, a hard. family. Um, it, the, <laughs> I had told Dee at one point because we basically got a 26-foot U-Haul, lined it with plastic, Dexter style, and started filling it with... <laughs> trees root balls just jam-packed it and <laughs> i'm I sorry i don't he, know what you mean by dexter style but is it that show with a guy who murders people yes <laughs> and he, like duct tapes plastic wrap on and everything um so we i had told d though if, if we can make this work it's going to be like bringing pangea back together for a world tour and when we went and got the 26 foot truck First, it wasn't at the place they told us it was. It's on, I don't even remember, it was on an island. I had to take a ferry to go get it. Of course, it. yeah. And then I get the 26-foot truck onto a ferry, bring it back. <laughs> on the side of it was Pangea. It was uncanny. Oh, my gosh. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. So that you you ran that truck more than once, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, we did multiple. Just to move your whole farm. You had, you know. Yeah. Wow. And then even then, after that, we had our dahlias. We're still up north. So we were doing lots of trips back and forth, going up to the Snohomish farm, harvesting, delivering, and then on the way down, bringing a trailer load of possessions and belongings. Yeah. And, and was this 2018? Yep. Think, yeah. yeah, I think it was... Because 2017, we... Sold the house okay. that we had. It was 2018. We closed, um, I think, August 28th and 2018. Okay, so you had a full growing season here starting 19, 19, 20. Yep. yep. So this you've done five full years. Yes. Congratulations. Year. It's amazing. I do think it's really um, amazing about being able to sell into two markets. Uh, but why aren't more people doing it? It's brilliant. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think part of it is the time off a of farm is a huge impact. The the the, de the delivery. Yeah, yeah. The time delivering. So if you don't have an infrastructure that facilitates that, or you know the the ability, and I think some for some people they're just like they've got their comfort yeah zone as well. And you you're really trying to back to the points that that Dee was alluding to about quality of life and making a living having two markets gives you two outlets, two channels that don't compete with each other, right? Yes, right. yes. And they're different. They, Portland, as much as like they the rest of America so would like to think that the Northwest is vanilla <laughs> through and through everywhere you go, it's different. There's different. They're so different. Sometimes like some stuff will, I can't keep it on the floor in Seattle, um, like the fennel and then like in Portland, it'll it'll sit there. And I'm yeah. like, huh, I'm not going to take it there. I'm going to... It's Yeah, you're noticing the aesthetic because you're a designer yourself. You're seeing what the creative community is drawn to. Yeah. That's so there's interesting. No, there's no reason. I, like, I can't figure it out. There's no, like, formula. It's just, like, trial and error. Like, mm. so what's going to happen this year? Are we going to be able to sell these leaf buds, you know, down... In yeah. Portland this year. But the, yeah. the, 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 this, your sweet spot of GM and 
Crespedia and some of in the edible flowers, those you 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 kind of I feel have, like those are selling sell well at both markets. Um one of the reasons why we put the GM in the in the tunnel was to give us an edge as well on any anyone else growing it so we can like here it is first. Get it into the market. Yeah. yeah so yeah. smart. Yeah, and it's stuff that does get purchased and shipped up. Yeah, from so California. Like we actually, wasn't it this year that we actually beat California? I think we were really close. Brad, okay. had, we had told him that we were, we were just, we we're just about to have uh, blooms ready. And he was like, oh, we just did our first order. So <laughs> it was like, it was close. Yeah. And those were just transplanted. So they were, all right, they were like struggling. They weren't at, at like, yeah, at that point. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're kind of, with the five years under your belt here, now you're going into the next level or the next sort of, okay, uh, now we're going to create, you know, the fourth quadrant. Well, we, we're going to, you know, add more there. We're going to put in our design garden. and Yes. We're figuring out crops more. I, I feel like we're able to invest in um, like developing spirea and then also, especially with our soil, plants that I forage from around the property, like Symphoricarpus and the Amelanchia that are all like growing like weeds everywhere. Like, why don't we just have a row and cut out the, the forage? You yeah. Know? Like, how is it looking today? Simplify your labor also. Like it's yeah. all in one row. Yes. Yeah. So and people love we're, that. We're planning on doing, especially in field three here. Um, field three. Sorry. I didn't get the number right. Oh yeah. <laughs> So you're just digging up uh, saplings and seedlings that are native plants primarily that you're turning into a specialized crop for yourself. Yes. This is stuff that is around here that is sellable, and we're going to, like, have our own rows of it. I love it. That's yeah. so great. But it, it, I mean, everything takes time and investment, but we're getting there. And, like, even making the decision and coming to, coming to the – having that idea is like, oh – why didn't I think of this before? I love that. It's all right in front of me. That's a great idea. The okay, so the wreaths are your these are all for your custom order. Project, they are right? currently. Typically we started doing reeds um, and selling them at the market. Um, that's again another thing that they're not just a straight evergreen wreath. We're putting design elements into them. So if they don't get bought, there's a lot of time that goes into them. And I just, I will, we get on top of any like pre-order first. For sure. So that That's, we can Dee, this wreath is, what is the, is it a 20 inch wreath? Yeah, it's pretty big. It is. So it's like three feet across. Yeah. Um, we were trying to get them to scale for some of the these, these clients houses that have you know very large doors or big fireplaces or whatever yeah oh look and she got the crispedia in here yeah this is your it's golden so happy in the wreath. it's <laughs> happy is a good word i love it and we also do reading parties we don't really advertise them but um it's kind of been people who have done them in the past past to look forward to them every year so we kind of reach out to each other and we get some dates going i saw um, you had that on your website so groups yeah. of people will 
reserve a date. Yes. And everybody makes a wreath and we have a small selection of food and some beverages and it's a good time. Oh my gosh. Do they work out here on the deck? Or we do. We, okay. do. we did. Wait, we initially great. started in Snohomish and used a barn, but, and then people were asking, are you going to do them again? And we're like, we can do them. Do them right here. Right. <laughs> I mean, you've got the whole machine set up here. Yeah. The machines are set up here. We get a little heater going and music going and it's nice. The lights are going and so sweet. We even had people ask if we would do mobile wreath parties. Which would be fun. But I, I mean, we really. I guess you'd have to take your camper van and go do that, right? Yeah. 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 We really crank it up with the hospitality and stuff, though. And we, like we make yeah. a homemade loaf okay. of bread. And everybody starts with a mimosa. Yeah. Charcuterie. And then at the end, uh, there's a, it's more popular on the east coast but we make everybody a tom and jerry oh yes what's in that uh tom and jerry is like a, a butter eggnog with some rum in it or something yeah we usually do like some brandy in it oh my gosh i love it okay so um it looks like you're doing some division of labor here d is working on the small bits and what are you doing, Valiant? You're uh, just trying to create your garland recipe? Yeah, so we have like a stock cedar garland that we're using. And then we are trying to bolster the content in it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, make it to, to match a wreath that has already been purchased. Which means you're going to have the accent elements somehow tucked in yeah so it's it starts with just there's there's certain uh foliages that are just the more common backer so like the dugford and the cedar um so you start with those and then from that you do more of an accent foliage mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. textural foliage and then you start getting into what we always call the candy yeah like the eye catcher stuff i love it so this is your sample the one you're doing or is this for a client this will end up being for a client, uh, but it's a sample. It's a sample, yeah. Just because you're trying to. You, they, you the most them? of them they want to see before. Uh, for a lot of the the higher end clients, it's very common that it's I won't know until I see it. Yeah. So. And also, you guys, as you said, you're horticulturists. You come out of landscaping, and I know even me, you know, my world in gardening. We just take stuff for granted that everyone knows the same thing we know, right? And then how do you uh, <laughs> orient someone who's not seen what Western Red Cedar looks like in a garland? Right. And yeah. So you're doing this. This is going to be what, like 20 feet or longer? Uh, this is a 15-footer. Okay. And you're making it on a rope base or? Um, it's got a twine base with forestry wire as well. Yeah. Um, it's going to be heavy. Yes, it will be. Wow. And it'll probably be as a entryway sash. Got it. Yeah. So it'll, it'll frame the door. <laughs> so this thing has taken over. First, the wreaths were really popular, and then you made the mistake of mentioning. <laughs> yes, Not the mistake. Yeah. You it's, know, though, it's it considered is, business development, it's right? It's learning. Yeah. So the big thing for us is there is a need for off-season income because it's it's basically like 
you know, the sun hides behind the clouds, the tide goes out, the boat is on the sandbar. <laughs> and you're waiting for water to come back in until spring. You're using the fisherman's analogy. Yeah, it's, you know, I feel like it's it's basically there's seasonality. And, yeah. and at the time when crops stop, it's not like the investment ha stops. You know, there's this is the time of year when we would build a tunnel. This right. is that the time. Is, that is also why we have Val now working another job so that we can invest back in the farm instead of trying to like make a meager living. Yeah. Um, yeah. We want to be comfortable and to like spend money, get plants, have more tunnels, make things nice. Well, and and we we're having a hard time getting to that place when we're both here. Yeah. So it's helping. But when I first met you, you were working full-time in landscaping value, were you? When you were living in Snohomish? Yes. Yep. Okay. And you were. This is. This was the. And that's the, the where the firm where you guys met. The whole. The whole move and everything had taken place. Well, um, so you've already known how to juggle basically two full-time operations: your your off-farm job and then the farm itself. Yeah. Wow. His his uh, the business he works for right now does um, four days a week for everybody. Oh, wow. Which is really nice. Really nice. Um, yeah, they are an amazing company. They, I think that from the learning experiences that we all came out of the prior company with, they wanted to structure things intentionally to value people. and. To, These are the two guys that have spun off. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so they definitely, they do four-day work weeks, but they also shift it. So... One week starts on a Monday. The next one starts on a Tuesday. Uh, the one that starts on a Monday is your payday week. So you have your payday Friday off and you get a three-day weekend. So when did you guys actually meet and get together? And when did Field to Heart kind of become part of your lives? So we met in probably 2007 or eight. I went to Nussbaum Group to work. I was working as a gardener for Paul Allen Estate for Vulcan. Um, and can you say that now? What's that? Can you say that now on camera? At the time, I couldn't. I love yeah. it. Right? How many NDAs did you have to sign? Right, right. Um, and then, so I went to work there, and then we formed a relationship there. And then, when I had kids, I kind of eased out of of Nussbaum group and especially having kids with special needs. Like we are living in Snohomish and working, both of us are working in a county away. I'm paying all of one person's uh, salary basically for childcare. Yeah, yeah. Mine, right. yeah. Mine was we were paying to not see our kids. I know, I know. It's so, it's so it's sad. Our, our culture doesn't support working parents. So I focused then on like working part-time there, doing the designs for everybody's pots. Um, and then when Prairie, our second child came along, our midwife said, we have, I have a job opportunity for you or like a, a business opportunity. I was like, what? What is it? She's like, you tell me. Well, this is and also. And I was like, what? This is so also after when Velvet was born, Dee and the midwife had made a deal that. We Dee bartered. Would, yeah. 
Do oh. you did a, a homeopathic midwifery garden design for the front of Yeah, the doing like post, <laughs> postnatal and prenatal. You're plants. so capable. I love it. It was, it no, was cool. Yeah. Wonderful story. And then, but the, then she said, I have a business opportunity. And I was like, what? What? And she's like, I don't know. What? So she I just said, she wanted you to. She, she said, just believed in you. A piece yes. of land. What would you do with this piece of oh. land? Oh, so that's how Field of Heart got started. They had a organic you pick raspberry patch, and I said, "What about a cutting garden, like a like a you pick cut flower thing?" Yes, yeah. a you cut flower garden. And so they gave us a little plot, and we started to design it out. And um, from there. Like, I didn't really know much about cut flowers as much as landscaping and plants. Um, but I would go to, we would, well, I'd make Val go because he has, he's a little more of a people person, but go around to florists if we had extra stuff. Yeah, he's cold, kind of your, your extroverted. Cold, yeah, he, cold, he's the Leo rising. Cold call, knock here. and deliver yeah. a bouquet. Yeah. To, to Flores. In, uh, in Snohomish mainly or down yeah, in Seattle? Snohomish and Monroe in the vicinity. Yeah. At one point I walked down the antique road with a red a radio flyer wagon and <laughs> kid in the wagon and bouquets and was going into Who would shops say no to that guy? Right. Going into shops and offering and restaurants because we were like, we could do the table arrangements, you know. We were just trying to find our way. We have a funny experience. We... We were like, this flower farming, I was like, oh my God, I want to quit and do this. I want to be close to home. I want to be with her. I, I love yeah. working with her. And then not getting to work together anymore. Right. So we were like, we got to figure out how we can do this. And we had seen this book and there was this farmer up in Skagit. The flowers. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, Jello mold. Who are they? And we tried to call and just like do a drop in on them and walk through their farm. <laughs> no way. We told them after this. We, no, you know, we did, did we? We tried know. calling. And then we also, that one day. The, I know I emailed her and the, she, later on she was like, did I email you back? And I was like, you did. She's like, <laughs> but it was, you know, it's a like peak season and yeah. we're trying to do like, hey, can we just come walk through your right. farm? Right. You and, didn't know. Now if someone did that to you, you'd be like, um, maybe yeah, in the said, dead of winter. She said maybe like in the winter. Yeah. But uh, it was funny because that was an inspiration. The, the book, uh, Jello Mold, we started really getting into it. Um, and then I, I love to tell Dee, like, oh, my God, here it is, like, years later. And, like, we've, we're, like, friends with these people. <laughs> and we're at the market that we were reading They're about. our peers. And yeah, so it's it's been a great... Oh, that's great. Journey. That's great. So you... You actually um, farmed in Snohomish for how, like three or four years? Before, or actually, truly was had the business. We started fund. in 2013. Okay. With the flower garden or the U cup patch, and um, moved here in 2018. Wow! So you're in your tenth year. Yes, we are. Congratulations! Okay. I'm so thrilled. It's been like a roller coaster. Uh, yes. That's so great. Well, this is just a beautiful place, and I, I hope you do open the doors to visit sometime in the future because it's just, um, you know, you're not that far off the freeway, and it's like paradise out here. Gorgeous 
little gem of it's an area sweet, with the, the best view of Vafa Peak in the whole valley. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, to me, it is. I'm really excited because, like, on the other side of the river at our old house, it was just noisy. This is so peaceful, this isn't is it? So peaceful. Yeah, I, that's what I was saying. It's like the first place in Washington I've lived where I can't hear I Ah, uh, well, let me get let me get all three of you together as a little family, a little family unit. We love Field to Heart. Thanks so much for joining us today. Visit slowflowerspodcast.com for episode 638 to find our show notes and watch the replay video. I also want to mention that you can find Dee's handmade pottery mugs and vases on the Field to Heart website and at the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market. I love her sentiments. She writes, We often wonder if we are farmers with the eyes of an artist or artists with a farmer's touch. We are educated in both, and we strive to create our lives around both disciplines, whether it be plant identification to painting, music to garden nerding, or ceramics to soil health. It's all intertwined. That's so great. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at longfield-gardens.com. Well, here in the U.S., we've just finished a nice long four-day Thanksgiving weekend, followed on Monday, November 27th, by Cyber Monday. While Slow Flowers isn't jumping on that bandwagon this year, we do want to remind you that there's still time to grab your ticket to the 2024 Slow Flowers Summit and take advantage of early bird registration. You'll save $100 off your Slow Flowers Summit registration now through the end of December. Find the link for more details in our show notes or head over to slowflowerssummit.com. Slow Flowers members always receive an additional $100 off. I can't wait to see you in Banff, Alberta, Canada, June 23rd through 25th, 2024. Our final thank you goes to Rooted Farmers. Rooted Farmers works exclusively with local growers to put the highest quality specialty cut flowers in floral customers' hands. When you partner with Rooted Farmers, you are investing in your community and you can expect a commitment to excellence in return. Learn more at rootedfarmers.com. I love all this floral goodness, and I am so happy you joined me today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor, downloaded more than one million times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowerssociety.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. 
Thanks so much for joining us today, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.